everybody. I'm Sonia, if I haven't met you. Um, I was telling Jamie earlier today, um, my friend, one of my good friends, Jimmy, is uh, part of a church up in Seattle. And um, he had told me a couple weeks ago, he's like, Memorial Day is the least attended, Memorial Day weekend is their least attended Sunday service. So they just decided in advance to not have a gathering. And they had like a 10 minute live devotional feed. Yeah, just a Facebook. Yeah, a little like thing. Facebook live thing. Yeah. So noted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I love it. You know, like I there's something to me about I think that I have learned, you know, growing up in a Protestant tradition, which is often it seems a little sometimes a little more people focused. I mean, it isn't. You know what I mean? Like the, the worship gathering is um, anyway. And being introduced to Catholic practices where there are places where there it isn't public or it isn't, but the people who are in um, vocational ministry to God are in vocational ministry to God, and they come and they do their thing, no matter what. You know, they're not looking for a huge turnout per se, but it's just honoring God. So and I love getting have together. A, a greater consciousness of that, like this is a service to God, right? It's versus really a service we, to people. Yeah, that's really where yeah. we get the term service. That's what that is really I mean, we call this a service that's really ideally what we're supposed to be doing right is we're here in service to god in worship to god mm -hmm. and you're right yeah um i would say later than the protestant tradition primarily kind of the evangelical um where evangelism is the primary uh drive yeah, yeah that's right? good that's good yeah, and yeah that's what that's what has driven the so it's way more that people yeah so driven, the way we think yeah. we think that way yeah right? we're like well if no one's going to show up then why do i do what i do <laughs> right. i'm like well maybe god right. still is worthy yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, yeah Maybe yeah. singing him a song and worshiping yeah. him and honoring him is worthwhile. It's cool you regardless. said that cause I was because really that's where my heart is this morning. This morning you yeah, know, just like as we were worshiping and and um, you know just lingering kind of in music and and that that's what you know Kathy means or, or or Alec used this term a couple weeks ago or last week about soaking. You mm -hmm. know, yeah, it's just a metaphor for being in uh, this. I don't even want to say in the presence of God because I think we're in the presence of God. I think the Holy Spirit is mm -hmm. everywhere all the time. But there are these times that we set aside. Where to collectively, to yeah, do that together. It's a pause, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's what Sabbath even means, right? It's just we're pausing. Well, and we're planning to take a dinner in that direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, it's a very intentional practice if somebody mm -hmm. does that, if they yeah. practice any kind of prayer or meditation yeah mm -hmm. yeah well hey oh i would not even suggest that i think that's a request yeah <laughs> well then i'll jump right in so you're, yeah. you're gonna be done here soon is that what you're telling me yeah nope nope <laughs> all right uh, let me just give you a quick, I wanted to give you all, uh, and we'll put this up on all the social media things for those who are not here, but um, um, as many of you know, we are in this transition to our new location over in Southeast, which is um, Southeast 35th and Yamhill, which is just a block off of Belmont, a couple blocks off of Hawthorne. And um, so we're in that transition and, and we will have some cleaning and purging dates to, to come where we get to go and purge and clean dumpsters and all the things because mm -hmm. there's a lot of things yeah. that's a lot of things collect in buildings over the years so there's a lot there and so um we'll we'll be getting out some some details for that and then the timeline for gathering there so um the official assignment um begins on july 1st that's kind of when our we're given the opportunity to um be in 
uh, full management possession of the space um, as of July 1st. But we're gonna we'll be taking our time and transitioning over there, and because um, there will it is just a time of transition. There are community partners that are in place already working and doing really good work in the neighborhood, and so we'll be. Um, learning more about them, coming alongside, really a position of learning in this period of time. And then, um, uh, but we'll also have times, I'm hoping to schedule just times of prayer and worship and just being over there. So we'll clean and we'll purge and we'll worship and we'll pray and we'll discern together as a faith community what God is wanting us to, to be a part of in that space and get to know that neighborhood and the neighbors there. So really good stuff coming. Yeah. yeah. If I, found kind of, if I sound kind of chill, I have a headache. I've had this headache for a few days, so it's just kind of there. But inside, I'm super excited. Okay. Yeah. I know. With that peppermint, do you have that? Oh, yeah. Lindsay to the rescue. This is what I appreciate about the chill nature of the groves. Do you need some of my essential oils? Why, yes, I do. Right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Bring it on. Take a break. Yeah. Just a moment, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm proud of what I say. Um... I wanted to have a super funny intro, but uh, a headache, so I don't have anything super funny, so I'm just going to dive right into some questions. Is that okay? We're just going to go right into, well, first of all, we're starting a new book of the Bible. Um, yeah, so welcome to week one of the book of Exodus. Um, There's so many, I don't know what to do. Um, just lick it. Do I lick it? Yeah. <laughs> Sit from my lips. <laughs> um. Thank you already. I appreciate it. Yep, right here. Thank you. Yeah, there's no visual of this. <laughs> well, Eric didn't have it. Yeah. Streaming today. For my mom and dad who are listening, I just got some oils on my neck for my headache. Okay. Um, no. Uh, but we're starting, we're starting the book of Exodus. And um, uh, how many of you have seen like film, you know, right on Exodus? Yeah. You talking about the Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Charleston, Charl 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 Charleston, is that right? Heston. Charlton, Charlton Heston. Yeah. Um, also, what's the? Uh, there's like a. Um, there's a movie called Exodus that's newer. I haven't seen the it. The kids. Is that it? <laughs> what's the Disney? Isn't there a Disney? Yeah, that's what she's talking about. Prince of Egypt. Thank you. Yes, I'm like, doesn't Close. Whitney Houston sing a song on there? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Why? I don't, yeah, that was crazy that I couldn't remember. Anyway, um, there, every, you know, we all, the story is, uh, which those stories capture the big moments, but there is um, already, I'm just in that first chapter, I'm already, learning so much and um, being changed and transformed and how I view uh, freedom, how I view liberation, how I view uh, the blessings of God. And so some of the questions that I want you to think about as we, as we are talking about chapter one today are, um, like, what, what does blessing look like? Like, if I say, if I say, oh, man, you're so blessed, like, if, I, if, if you say, oh, man, you are blessed, like, what would give you tips or clues that someone is blessed? What is it about someone's life or what you see that makes you think, oh, they're blessed? They're in God's blessing. Right? Money, success, right? A career, having a career. Yeah. Children, yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Did you say cute kids? Cute they have kids. to be cute kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also adorable. Uh huh. Okay, yeah. Give us a break, Lindsay. Mi middle school is hard. Okay. Yeah. Um, ease of life. We often say someone is blessed if we if we perceive them as having an easy, right? Easy life, like they're not struggling, nothing is hard. Um nice house, yeah. Nice car. Oh, like there are these things of success that we look at um saying that someone is blessed. Um have you have you believed in a promise from God but doubt the possibility of it? Have you ever thought that, man, God promised me this, but then you're like, later, you're like, well, maybe he didn't. Now you doubt. Like, I mean, I feel like that's been a Christian, that's the Christian experience. Like, you think, like, mm -hmm. God has given you a promise. Um, and then, I don't, honestly, when I was sitting with this, I was like, sometimes I forget there was even a promise. I'm either in, like, I buried it so deep, or life has happened, and, and maybe in order to keep my mm -hmm. view of God, I've had to suppress my disappointment about losing sure. a promise. Yeah. Or the other way around, I think differently about God because he hasn't kept those promises to me. Right? Yet, right. Yet, right. Yeah, but in I the, mean, that's, that's yeah. the issue, right? We, we judge things based on our kind of desire for immediacy, mm -hmm. right? And, and our presuppositions at times to um, say, oh, felt like God was leading me this direction. This was what he promised me. and I'd like to see that happen. No, it's not happening. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, it's awesome. and we'd like to see it in the way that we imagine it happening. Sure. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. Yeah, I think there's some definite problems with how we interpret yeah. the concept. Yeah. Blessing, mm -hmm. promises of God. Yeah. And then um, also, I, uh, we don't need to answer this one, but... I want you to be thinking about like what does liberation and freedom look like? In movies, it's it happens in like one and a half hours, right? <laughs> the deep struggle to like radical liberation. Yeah. And then there's usually not a whole lot of like what happens after that moment, right? Um, after you cross the Red Sea, right? After the law is passed, after that big moment, um, right? Uh, there's this moment of liberation, but there's there's more of the story that happens. And we know this, right, if we look back at history and we even examine our own lives and our experiences. So those are some of the things I want us to think about as we start going through the book of Exodus. Do you want to start us yeah, out? Yeah, Chapter cool. one? Or read the first. We're reading from the message, seven verses by here. the way. Yeah, reading from the message. For most of these, I did choose some. Of, in general, we'll use the message or the New English translation, just for those of you who may not be uh, with us, but we usually try to tell you. Um, so here we go, Exodus 1.1. These are the names of the Israelites who went to Egypt with Jacob. So if you remember, if you've been in Genesis, this is kind of the sequel to Genesis, <laughs> right? As Genesis wraps up, um, there's the story of Joseph. Uh, we might know that story from our childhood as, you know, Joseph in the coat of many colors, right? That's the, that's the way it was uh, told to us. And um, that story where Joseph had come into power and um, been used as an agent of salvation uh, for his family and for the people of Israel, that story is kind of at the end and ushers in this, this imagery, mm -hmm. right? And, and Jacob moving um, his family uh, down to Egypt. Um, so these are the names of the Israelites who went to Egypt with Jacob, each bringing his family members. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. Right, so these are the, um, the, tribe, the tribes of uh, Israel. 
Um, Seventy persons in all generated by Jacob's seed. Joseph was already in Egypt. Um, then Joseph died and all his brothers, that whole generation. But the children of Israel kept on reproducing. They were very prolific. <laughs> I don't think that's supposed to be a punchline. <laughs> They're very prolific. That's a kind way of saying it yes. is. Yes, we're going to, Absolutely, yeah. for, to, to the point over here that, you know, as children, like, this is absolutely what, what is seen in that culture, for sure. They were very prolific, a population explosion in their own right, and the land was filled with them. Bunnies, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this reminds us of God's blessing or his command. This, this shows up multiple times, right, in Genesis. You're probably already thinking about it. Right in the creation story, in creation theology, there is that that uh, blessing spoken in almost like command language. Um, Genesis 1, 28 says, God blessed them, referring to uh, Adam and Eve, uh, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for the fish in the mm. sea and the birds in the air and for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. He re reiterates this same uh, kind of charge when he's dealing with Noah uh, post the flood. Right? He says, God bless Noah and his sons. And he said, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. And then we have this again when he's interacting with Jacob um, in Genesis 35. Uh, starting in verse 9, God revealed himself once again to Jacob after he had come back from Padan Aram and blessed him. Your name is Jacob, or heel, or heel grabber, uh, but that's your name no longer. From now on, your name is Israel, or God wrestler. This is that story where he wrestles with God all night, right? God continued, I am the strong God. Have children, flourish. A nation, a whole company of nations will come from you. Kings will come from your loins, and the land I gave Abraham and Isaac, I now give to you and pass it on to your descendants. I was reading this, and I was like, so is this where we start talking about sex and birth control? And our, right, like that was what I thought of. I'm like, they're just reproducing everywhere. What do we say in response to that? Um, <laughs> no one thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. All right. But blessing here, so blessing, like we were talking about, blessing here is to, the idea of blessing in this context is to endue someone with special power. And in this particular case, God is giving the capacity to these, to Israel, to, well, who will become the people of Israel, the capacity of his chosen people to reproduce or to flourish, right? And that's the blessing. The blessing is like, is the empowerment, the capacity to reproduce, yeah. right? Now, like our context is very different. So right away, when we come to this passage, we maybe some, we could read over and maybe not see what God is doing here because in our context, we're not like, we're not relying on large families or sons for survival, right? right? right. But this is about God saying, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the capacity to survive, yeah. And not just survive, but as he has promised to Abraham, not just be a family, one family unit, but to become a nation. He'll be father of nations, right? So, oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something? Well, I just you know, want to point out that on the one side, you have this, this idea of just a blessing, you know, to the family of Israel. Mm -hmm. But then you also have what is going on is God creating a people for himself, right? This is a storyline that runs throughout the entirety of scripture. And this is the, uh, what's going on here is this, this creating of a people uh, uh, for himself. 
right? And the, and the context is hugely important, mm -hmm. right? And this is one of the things that was hitting me as we were studying this and, and we were chatting about this yesterday is that, you know, God's blessings or his promises, they don't uh, occur in a vacuum, right? A lot of time we think of them as something that's just kind of handed to us and it's, it's just easy to be like, okay, I believe this, so this is how it's going to happen. We kind of envision what that blessing is going to look like. We kind of um, forget that there are things that might resist that that particular promise or that particular blessing. And so here, um, God's blessing of building his people through uh, Israel is not happening just um, out in the middle of nowhere. Right, right. He's, they're under uh, a leadership that as we see will mm -hmm. quickly turn against right. them actually because of what God is doing in their lives mm -hmm. and blessing them. Like that's what attracts the negative attention is the blessing of God mm -hmm. in this context. And so, you know, that, I don't know, it's striking to me because we're often surprised that there is opposition to God's good plans for us and for the world. Mm -hmm. right? We think that maybe the blessing is like um, like we exist in a snow globe with it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like nothing external is impacting or affected right. by the blessing of God or his promises to us. Yeah. But this, you know, cause effect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and obviously we tackle this over and over, over again because we see it in scripture, but also because we experience it. Right? We experience this, this idea of like the, the ideal of being a part of God's kingdom and then the reality check of, of stepping out of um, these times maybe where we feel that sense of peace and that sense of, of, of wholeness and protection from God and we walk out and, and life kind of hits us in the face. And um, so we experience this over and over again as well as seeing it in the text, right? And so it makes me think the fact that there are, you know, there's other free agents in the world that are working against God's blessings and his promises, you know. There's always going to be people um, in the world who would work against God's purposes and work against his people that he's trying to draw together and he's trying to create. And so in the stories of the Bible, uh, there are consistently those in power who look to crush God's people. And because God consistently uh, sides with the vulnerable, that's who we see as him building his, his people. He's constantly drawing the vulnerable to himself. It made me think of um, Jesus's uh, teaching uh, of th that we often refer to as the Beatitudes, right? You, you all are familiar with this, but let's take a moment and just hear who it is that, that the kingdom of God is, is being given to, right? Matthew 5, 1 says, When he saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain. After he sat down, his disciples came to him. Um, so that's who he's talking to, right? The folks that are following him, his disciples, they've all sat around him. Not just the 12, but the folks that are like, this guy's the guy. He's the Messiah, you know? So there's this group of people sitting around him, and he begins to teach them, looking at them, and he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things about you falsely on account of me. 
Rejoice and be glad because your reward is great in heaven. For they persecuted the prophets before you in the same way. Over and over again, these images of like these incredible promises, but he's telling us straight up, you're going to go through stuff before you get to that. I don't understand why it's so hard for us. I've really been baffled at this, even of my own mind and my own experience, that I have such selective hearing. I hear this like the kingdom of God's promised to us. There's this beautiful time when God's going to flip the, the, the values of this world on its head and the vulnerable are going to be cared for. And that like it's like that's all I hear. And then it's like they're going to persecute you like they did the prophets. I, I can't see can't the, like, hear that. Yeah. yeah it's like, nah, 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 that's me. Oh, I don't man. Know. <laughs> yeah. Just over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go back in the text. Exodus yeah. chapter one, verse eight. A new king came to power in Egypt who didn't know Joseph. He spoke to his people in alarm. There are way too many of these Israelites for us to handle. We've got to do something. So let's devise a plan to contain them, lest if there's a war, they should join our enemies or just walk off and leave us. Okay, so right here, we know throughout history, we know, right? We can forget our own histories and our advocates. You get new leadership, new partners, right? Um, history repeats itself because a lot of times we don't look back at history and see mistakes we've made or allies that we've had or ways that we can move forward together, right? So Joseph had literally saved the people of Egypt from dying during a famine. He was second in command. And even though he was a foreigner, when he had died, they gave him an involvement. Like they had a big burial that was an Egyptian-honored burial. He was one of them, right? New king comes, doesn't even, doesn't know who Joseph is, has forgotten who he is, who his people were, how they've lived together, right? So this new king speaks to his people to incite them, right? To pass on his fears, all right? Red flag, right? This is like red flag when, when that happens. And his, his next thing, so he does two things. He incites the people to pass on his fears, and then he decides to make a plan and a plot to contain them, right? Humans operating out of fear have always resorted to using their power to attempt to contain a problem. Always, right? White slave owners, fearing the growing black slave population, created harsher laws and adopted severe and murderous practices. Why? Fear. <laughs> let's contain, let's control, because the population is growing, right? Throughout history, we've said, let's put those people in a ghetto. Let's put these in work camps, concentration camps, internment camps. Let's only give this tiny piece of land to these people so we can contain and control. Let's put poor people over here, black people over here, suppress them with laws and governance that limit their capacity to grow and flourish. We do things when we want to, when as humans, when we want to cling to power, we do things that are the opposite of God's blessing. God's saying, I want to prosper. I want to flourish. I want to give empower with the capacity to do that. And humans trying to contain power, like control and hang on to power want to minimize, right? And do everything they can. Yeah. Verse, oh, go ahead. You just... Oh, I was just going to read. Okay, you go. Verse 11. Yeah. <laughs> so they organized them into work gangs and put them to hard labor under gang foremen. They built the storage cities, Pithom and, and Ramses, for Pharaoh. But the harder the Egyptians worked them, the more children or the more blessing the mm -hmm. Israelites had. Children everywhere. Um, the Egyptians got so they couldn't stand the Israelites and treated them worse than ever, crushing them with slave labor. They made them miserable with hard work, making bricks and mortar and back-breaking work in the fields. 
They piled on the work, crushing them under the cruel workload. Yeah. So God's blessings and promises, again, are not in a vacuum, like Paul said. And in fact, he mentioned this, but think about this. God's blessings actually bring oppression on them. God blessing, right? God's working out the blessing that he's given them. And what it's actually doing is bringing them hardship and pain. God's promise of family and children and nation building made others jealous, fearful, hateful, and turned them into oppressors and murderers. And so God's blessing, so just taking that idea into our own lives and into our own context, God's blessings in our lives might also bring hardship and pain. In fact, that is likely our experience. And we can't judge God's favor on our lives by whether or not we're experiencing difficulty and pain. And we can't judge God's blessings and favor on other people's lives based on their difficulty or their pain. And we so often identify blessing with comfort. Yeah, right? and ease. Yeah, yeah. So blessing, which is such an, a, a, our context, our, you, you know, so yeah. informed by our own. For sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, Yes, yes, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right. yeah, we've yeah. attached to these, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the story of Job, I think. You still, you still see this, this to operating today. You have conventional wisdom, right? Conventional wisdom would say, if you're doing stuff that's wrong, bad stuff happens to you. And, and that can be true if you are um, in the sense of like looking at the Proverbs, right? Because that's kind of what's going on in the story of Job is his, uh, the guys that are surrounding him are kind of like quoting Proverbs, general wisdom. They're, they're like, are you violating these general principles of wisdom? Because usually if you do that, you're going to have hardship. So this must be because you're, for lack of a better term, sinning, Right. And, um, and the book of Job is all about, no, that's not always the case. <laughs> there are exceptions. And so, yeah, we can be fools and bring hardship on ourselves. Or we can, you know, be experiencing God pulling us into a place of blessing mm-hmm. and experience hardships. Yeah. Right? It's not, I mean, and we know this, right, about life. We know life's complicated. Um, but sometimes when we're trying to experience life through the stories that we tell, we want it to be like, the simple stories that we're mm-hmm, used to. Mm-hmm. But we, we all know mm-hmm. that life just doesn't work that way. Right, right. Yeah. But God is, yeah, he's beginning, he's he's pulling his people into the blessing, he's fulfilling his promises. Yeah. And the result of that is creating this in, huge conflict yeah. and, um, and severe uh, oppression for right. those who God is bringing into blessing. Yeah. yeah. Verse 15, the king of Egypt uh, had a talk with, the two Hebrew midwives. One was named Shifra and the other Pua. He said, when you deliver the Hebrew women, uh, look at the sex of the baby. If it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. Yeah, and likely these two midwives were, just a little fun fact, these two midwives were likely not Hebrew women, but they were over Hebrew midwives. So sometimes there's like, why would these Hebrew midwives even, you know, why would Mm -hmm. he even go to them? But the idea is these are probably Egyptian or ruling, who was ruling in the time, women who are overseeing all the midwives. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Midwives. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
Um, yeah, so just like, so there are always those who are going to oppress and work against God's people, and there are those who are going to resist the powers. And this story is about women who are resisting the powers that be. And I love this part, right? Um, and we're going to get into that in just a little bit. But I immediately thought of it. So the large context, I, I confess daily about how I've been a, a, um, addicted at times to cable news, right? Like global, we can find global contexts and all the miserable things and horrible things that are happening all over the world at any given time, right? Yeah. You could pick up your phone right now and just go into a depression about like how, how, right? You can start spinning in that space. But to quote Mr. <laughs> Mr. Rogers, right? Look for the helpers, okay? Because in this story right now, the big overarching story is not good. The overall aching and pain and the crying out that God is going to be hearing and responding to yeah. is overwhelming. The system that is in place, the powers that be, they're not going to just move out of the way, right? The overarching story is there are no solutions. Mm -hmm. There is no way that this is going to turn around. But, but I am convinced that um, there are people always on the ground who are nearby in situations that look horrible. If we get a closer, the over the 10,000 foot view looks impossible. But when you get down close, this is what I experienced when I was traveling through Canada, going from city to city to city, mm -hmm. listening to stories about really courageous, good, humble people doing good work in their neighborhoods, feeding the poor, caring for vulnerable in their, in their place. Like when you get down and you look close, there are always really good, humble people doing really good, humble work that is changing, that is transforming and changing the world, literally. Um, so we're going to see this very thing happening right now right. in Exodus. Yeah, verse 17, um, what a great line. But the midwives had far too much respect for God and didn't do what the king of Egypt ordered. They let the boy babies live. The king of Egypt called in the midwives. Why didn't you obey my orders? You let those babies live. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, submer I, I titled this Submersive Midwives, <laughs> which is like my new band name, too. <laughs> Sub submersive. Or su Subversive. Submersive. We're Submersive. swimming as well. <laughs> Subversive Midwives. Subversive Midwives. It's going to be hard to say, but yeah. we'll come up with like a logo that looks yeah. cool. Okay. Uh, throughout history, there are women and otherwise powerless and marginalized people who have acted to honor God in defiance of powerful men. Yeah. Those stories, yeah, I love those stories. And it's powerful, too, because this is the opening chapter. I know. Right? And the heroes are, and they even name the women. Yeah. Right? And one of the things that we've noticed, uh, our theology group on Wednesday nights have been reading a book, um, looking at four different Old Testament stories. And one of the things that uh, we noticed in many of them is that the, the women um, aren't named. And that's one of the um, literary criticisms that the author is going, like, look at, they're kind of looking behind the story at the culture and how uh, a lot of time, even in, in these Bible stories, you can see the, um, the patriarchal kind of emphasis on the value of men versus the value of women. And, um, and so it's always significant to me, I think, when you find a story where these women were named. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't show up a lot in the rest of the story, but here they, they actually name them and they give them this place of honor yeah. um, because of their defiance of power because of they knew that murdering these kids was wrong. They're just like, I'm not going to do that. I'm mm -hmm. not going to offend God. I'm not going to do this horrible thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so 
And then they lie to, you know, We're getting Pharaoh. that. Verse 19. <laughs> so the midwives answered Pharaoh, because he's like, why didn't you obey my orders? You let these babies live. The midwives answered Pharaoh. The Hebrew women aren't like Egyptian women. They're vigorous. <laughs> I love it. They're like, before the midwife can get there, they've already had the baby. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I think lying's okay. God is like, yeah, you can, you can, yeah. I not so secretly love that they were like, these women are just so freaking amazing. Yeah. Right? They weren't like, this was their, oh man, those women are just so like. Yeah, it's like a thumb in the eye to, yeah. the, to Pharaoh. You know, yeah. we, we just couldn't get there in time. Yeah, these women By the time are. time we hear they're having labor, we get there and the yeah. baby's gone. Because these women are awesome. Yeah. More of that, like, if there's a lesson to be learned here, ladies. <laughs> is fast labor? Is, yeah. Also, yeah. no, I'm just saying, like, acknowledge the strength. <laughs> I mean, you really improved from birth one to two. Thank you. Because, yeah. Mean, that was all me. First one took yeah, everything to I do with that. I was so tired, you guys. Just, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was so hard on him, that first baby. You're funny. Joking. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Exodus 1.20. God was pleased with the midwives. The people continued to increase in number. The blessing a, kept going. A very strong people. Yeah. And because the midwives honored God, God gave them families of their own. Yeah. Nothing can, the, just kind of take away from that, nothing can stop God's promises, right? Nothing can stop God's blessing yeah. continuing to happen. Um, and those who participate in acting God's promises received his promises too. Yeah. I thought that was really powerful, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't just now for, for, he, for the Hebrews, but mm -hmm. it was for the part people who came to participate in that promise. Yeah, yeah. That promise became theirs. Yeah. yeah. And then verse 22 just reminds us that, you know, yeah. of the context, you know, the, the oppression to the blessing. So Pharaoh issued a general order to all his people. Every boy that is born, drown him in the Nile but let the girls live. Yeah. That there is struggle while receiving the blessing. Um, and, and, but they keep heading into this promise. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, and that's, there's our intro. There's chapter one. There's the setup. This blessing that's about to be fulfilled in this context of, of oppression, yeah. of death, of murder, um, of in, incredible threat. Um, and I just had maybe like two kind of takeaways from the story that I wanted us to sit with this week as we enter into this lear uh, learning more and reading more. Um, the first is um, how we are impacted does not always seem to be a way to measure God fulfilling his promises. We might be in the middle of a very difficult time because God is working things together for our good mm -hmm. and that God is fulfilling promises that have been made to us. Mm -hmm. um, that is hard to live in. That's hard to believe. That's yeah. hard to trust. But I think the story starts to, at least for me, the story is beginning to shake off the myth of blessing, the myth of promise, and um, what it means to live in the faith and to, you know, I don't even, I'm, they're not even trying to be faithful to a promise. They're just trying to survive, right? right? And it's like the blessing is just on them and the oppression is also partnered with that. Um, the second thing is God is the one who gives us the capacity to grow and flourish. And if he has blessed, if he has given us the capacity to grow and to flourish, then that will not be stopped. Hmm. Cannot be stopped. So those two things to sit in this week. Yeah. Any thoughts? Any? You want to go there right now, Lindsay? Oh my! Of course, goodness. Lindsay does. Yes. 
<laughs> Lindsay's yes. the one that on the way out of theology group goes, how about a quick discussion on abortion? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, certainly the writers are writing from their perspective and their understanding of, of, of God, of, you know, of, yeah. of, of who they worship and who they are getting to know. There's a revelation of who God is in this process of Exodus yeah. um, for the people. And yeah, who do they understand God as right now? And who is the author trying, what is the author trying to communicate? And yeah. And yeah. this is something I think we wrestle with throughout our whole lives. We can go from a simplistic understanding. What I've noticed about my own journey is I go from like kind of this more simplistic answer when I was a kid that, you know, everything is God sort of idea to then pulling things apart, kind of uh, deconstructing stuff and then being like, oh, well, this is a metaphor and this is this and, you know, I'm doing that. And then come back around to like, I end up coming back to this place of like, but ultimately it is God, maybe in a different way than what I uh, thought of, you know, but it, it got more complex, but it, God got bigger, I guess is what happens for me is that it, it's kind of like um, for me, one of the places that happened is as it relates to science and creation, as I learned more about the universe, I went, my idea of who God is is too small. And and some, some people, when they bump up against that, um, God's too small for what they learn about the universe, and so they give up God. And and for me, what has happened is like it, it expands who God must be. Because if if you know you start having these concepts of the oh uh, well, some will discuss the infinity of of the universe, right? That there's just no end. Sit and ponder that for an afternoon, right? It's just <laughs> like there's nothing, it just goes infinitely. Well, if there's a creator who made that, how, you know, like, and I love that stuff. I'll sit and just, I'll just sit and think about that. I just think it's fascinating. But that's kind of what has happened for me. I don't know what other people's experiences are, and I don't know if that relates directly to what you're saying, but I wanted to say that. <laughs> This yeah. idea of like a creator God that these right. stories have right. been handed down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a primitive faith. Mm -hmm. So we're coming to this point where God needs to get their, or going to need to get their attention. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's good. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. 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 And the humility to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it it takes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's the and Pharaoh, as we're gonna see, um, yeah, is not going to and we know this from the stories, but he's gonna keep resisting. Right. He's gonna keep resisting. So we'll see how that works out for him. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> All right. Let me pray for y'all and then uh, we're here's how we close out at the groves. We'll just have a closing song and um, open up the opportunity for communion. It's in the back. You can just take a cracker and dip that in the juice. There's a basket in the back for giving. And we just take this moment to kind of respond. Um, You can respond individually, grab someone to pray or talk with, and we'll just have a song, a song length to do that. And then we'll close leading a scripture, reading a scripture together. So let me pray for us today. Um, God, we are grateful for um, story And we're grateful um, for your presence and your goodness. And we're grateful for reminders that that you are at work and that you are doing things that we may not understand or see or acknowledge or even be aware of. We might just be completely unaware of the good things that you are working out in our lives and in the people around us. I pray that you would help us this week to be gracious and merciful to one another, to ourselves. Pray that you would give us opportunities this week to love you, to know you, to be reminded of who you are. And if you would be so good, God, as to give us little peeks into the goodness and the things that you're doing in our lives to encourage us, to give us strength and to give us hope, that would be so great. Um, And would you use us this week, God, to be um, those people to point out the good that you are doing. Um, Open our eyes to see you, to see your work, God, to see the way that you're moving in and around us. Um, We love you. Um, All of these things are for your name, for your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' name.